All right, we've got a great episode of Side Retired today. It's Dylan Campione and Nico Fernandez as always. And today we're going to be joined by a former big leaguer. So Nico, let's hit the intro music and we'll get right into this. Hello and welcome to this edition of Side Retired, Dylan Campione and Nico Fernandez as always. But of course, Nico, we love talking about Major League Baseball and the sport that we love to cover. But it's even more special when we get to talk to someone that has actually played the sport at the highest level and been a big leaguer for a couple of years. Today, we're going to be joined by pitcher Colin Ballister. So Colin, thanks so much for hopping on with us and thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's uh, always good to obviously talk about baseball, the the sport that has uh, given me so much, and it's good to to see that uh, other people are talking about it and having a good time. Absolutely, I love it. So the first question we're gonna throw out there is: in case our audience doesn't know who you are, if you want to do a brief sort of bio and synopsis of your career, how you started with the Nationals, and any other details you want to provide to start. All right. Yeah. Uh, so in two thousand four, um, I played uh, high school baseball in Huntington Beach, California. I played for the Huntington Beach Oilers. And uh, after that, I got drafted by the, actually the Montreal Expos in 04. Um, and then that next year, they changed over to the Washington Nationals. Uh, I played uh, eight years with them and then uh, got traded to the Tigers. Uh, played a year with them uh, up and down through the big leagues. Um, and then went over first year free agency, signed with the Texas Rangers and uh, ended up getting hurt. And then went over to the Pirates for a couple of years, and then the Reds. Then went to Korea, and then play end of the year, end of my career with the with the Giants. Yeah, it's great, and I think you said it best. The beginning of your career, going out of high school, I always wonder, like, how was that transition? Being you know a young kid, getting drafted and having to instantly get thrown into professional baseball. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, it's it's hard, you know. Uh, looking back at that whole experience. You know, I, I got drafted on my birthday, so I was 18 years old when I got drafted. Um, thrown right into pro ball, uh, being a kid from California, and, and not really coming up uh, with a lot, honestly. I didn't travel a lot. I didn't do a lot of things. So uh, that first year when I left to go to Florida, uh, that was a big, big, uh, you know, jump for me. Uh, you know, really, it was only my second time ever being on an airplane. Uh, flew down to Florida, didn't know anybody, didn't know what to expect. Uh, no one really, there's no transcript that tells you what's going to happen, you know, and you get there and there's a whole bunch of guys that are, you know, I'm 18. These guys are 24 to 28 years old and, you know, all different, uh, you know, ranges of ages. So you're kind of just nervous when you first get in there. Um, as you start going, you start getting, you know, understanding what's going on, getting the routine and all that. Uh, so it ends up being well, uh, but it's, it's a, it's a tough, uh, tough start. Uh, anyone that's gone through, co uh, gone through college, uh, they kind of have everything set up for them, uh, you know, better routine where it's like, you know, it's all structured. Uh, pro ball is kind of like, hey, you got to sink or swim. And, uh, you know, I was, I was able to to push through uh, not a lot of guys my own age. So it's 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 tough. But, you know, it made me better now looking back. Uh, it was uh, probably the best thing that happened for me. Uh, but it was definitely tough to start with. I love it. Absolutely. You then got the call up to the major leagues, worked your way through the minors. And if, according to our research, you were the first person ever wearing the Washington Nationals uniform to get your first big league win in your first big league outing. So what do you remember from that opening or from that first start that you had and sort of jitters, nervous and eventually dominating? Yeah, that, that, that was a that was a fun day. Um, 
it was in Miami, uh, that old stadium, not the new one. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, I, I got called up and I remember getting called up uh, that day. Uh, obviously, all my family, my high school coach, all everyone came in. And um, I remember it being a gloomy day, kind of rainy. And I remember them telling me if it gets rained out, uh, they're going to send me back to the minor leagues. Uh, so I was, you know, very nervous of that. Obviously, I wanted the game to at least start. So at least I got to, to pitch, at least I pitch. Um, but uh, ended up clearing up. There was about, I don't know, 250 people in the stands. And it, it was absolutely nobody was in the stands. So the jitters kind of went away a little bit as far as that's concerned. Um, I mean, you could hear the pop of the mitt every single time. It was, it was a strange, eerie feeling, uh, but it was so fun. And a little funny note was uh, my mom's maiden name was Hendrickson. And I was, uh, and obviously my name is Ballister. So it was both my mom's, both last names. It was kind of cool. It was a cool experience. Um, and that lineup was absolutely, you know, ridiculous. You know, my first ever uh, batter I faced was Hanley Ramirez. And uh, and that lineup was stacked. It was like, I think the whole uh, infield was uh, it's like 25 home runs plus all the infield. So it was a, it was a good experience. I did well, uh, ended up getting the win, no runs. I had a, no hitter going into the fifth inning and uh, it was kind of cool. It was a fun experience and I wouldn't take it back for anything. Yeah. 250 people in rain being from Miami. That sounds exactly what the Florida Marlins were. <laughs> Probably what they still are. Now they have the dome. So it's, it's not as bad, but yeah, not a lot of people in like a, it's a football stadium. I think they like converted into both. Yeah. That that's definitely the Florida Marlins, but that's awesome. I, again, um, that transition again, when you were talking about like going to the big leagues, what was it like having to, again, stay in the big leagues? Everyone talks about, yeah, there's one thing to get there, and then it's about staying there. What was it like that first couple seasons where you're just trying to find footing after, you know, that great outing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, for me, it was – I was always the a kind of uh, guy that was over, always looking over my shoulder. Uh, after every game, after every start, I always felt like – I don't know. I just felt like I was the expendable guy that could just go down to the minor leagues. Um, that first year – you know, it was, I didn't know what to expect. So I was just kind of pitching and, you know, I was in the starting rotation. Our team wasn't great. Uh, and it was just kind of, you know, just thinking, I don't know, like, not that I didn't belong, but it was like, you know, I could go down at any moment. Um, and then at one point, uh, our GM, Jim Bowden actually told me, Hey, listen, like you need to just relax. You're not going back down. I promise you you're staying up the rest of the year. And from that point on, I really kind of hit the ground running. Uh, and I feel like that's a lot of the problem with young um, athletes nowadays is we're always thinking the worst is going to happen instead of just like kind of embracing it. And uh, and that's looking back, I feel like if I would have been a little bit more in my career, just like saying, hey, listen, I earned this, even though I know I did. Uh, but just really just, you know, you know, working hard and keep going. Um, you, you obviously you forget about all the other bad stuff that could happen and you could really have success. So, I mean, I just always felt like that was uh, my biggest issue was always thinking that, you know, I was the one that's going to be sent down and uh, you know, cause I always enjoyed it. I had more success in triple A cause I felt more comfortable. The big leagues is, it's just, you're in that locker room and, and it's just so many, I, you know, with nationals, not a lot of superstars, but when I went to Detroit and it's just like, Holy moly. I mean, there's, you know, Verlander and there's Serger and Miguel Cabrera like holy you know but but you belong and and once you be, once you believe that you really could have success and then sort of on that same wavelength of talking about the mental side of pitching one of the cool things about your career is you got to start and then you also transitioned into that reliever role in your third and fourth year with the nationals so what did you think was the difference of sort of 
is there a different mindset or is it just I'm going out there and pitching no matter what? Yeah, when I first went to the bullpen, it was not really uh, – it was more like, hey, listen, you're not cutting it as a starter, so you got to go to the bullpen. And I actually – I was having a terrible year in AAA to start, and I they kind of sent me to Florida and said, hey, listen, you're going to transition into a bullpen guy. Uh, so I went to Florida for two weeks. Um, it was a nice little break to, like, get my mind back in, back in order because I was all over the place. Um, and this was, I mean, eight years into my career almost. And so I already knew what I was supposed to do. I just was having that, that year of just holding it's, it's not going good. Um, so then I, I got back up to AAA as a reliever and obviously that's a different, uh, mindset, you know, instead of uh, getting ready for the day and knowing you're going to start, you know, setting it all up that routine, it's more like, Hey, you got to go through both our BP and you got to do all that stuff. And then you got to get dressed and then come out to the game. So it was a different, tra uh, transition there. Uh, but mentally it was good. Uh, you get that shot of adrenaline when they say, you know, you're getting up to go pitch. And I was actually there for, they told me I was going to, you know, be there for a while to, to learn how to do it in AAA. And it was like two weeks later, they've called me to the big leagues and getting, when the phone rings in the bullpen, every single time that phone rings, your heart jumps up, your, your heart's beating a million miles per hour. Uh, you think it's going to be you every single time. And, uh, but yeah, the adrenaline is totally different, uh, but you could go out there and just, you know, go pedal to the metal all day. Cause you're not saving nothing. And, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I think I was built to be a reliever just because, uh, that's the kind of uh, mentality I have is kind of just don't leave anything uh, on the table. And as a starter, sometimes I kind of burnt out, um, towards that fifth, sixth inning because I would go, you know, balls to the wall from start to the finish so it was it was a good transition i enjoyed it i enjoyed being a reliever and um and it was a good transition for me yeah what's kind of the thought process that goes to your mind like when you're struggling and like from the uh, the view of a professional when you're like okay what i'm doing right now isn't working what i've typically been doing is working you kind of had to like reinvent yourself in a way obviously you did the transition to the bullpen but just in general like okay maybe like my fastball is not there like what am I going to adjust my mechanics aren't there what does that thought process go back where you're, where you're like I have to go back to the drawing board how do you get through that kind of like your little slumps yeah I I mean I've always been the, the carefree easygoing kind of guy um, as your career starts kind of going up and down you start thinking that you have to change all these things and, and you got to get back to where, you know, you had success. And uh, there's all these different pitching coaches. I was a drop and drive kind of guy. So my knee would hit the ground and that's not typical for a guy that's six foot five. You want to get that angle. I never was able to, to really do that. I would always drop on that back leg. So pitching coaches would always try to change everything I did. And the more I got in different pitching coaches, it would just kind of be back to the same thing. It would be, you know, I would have success because I would go back to where it was and then I would get a new pitching coach and a new level uh, or a new team. And it would be back to, hey, I think you could be tall. You could get that angle. And I would always be that type of pitcher that because I just wanted to have success. I, you know, when if a pitching coach saw something different and thought I could have more success, I would just listen to it and be coachable and listen. But in the in the in you know looking back, I I wish I would have been in a respectful way. Just you know, this works for me. So you know, I I just kind of changed so much and I put in so much work on bullpens and all these things. And and it really what it did is burn me out as far as not being able to have success because I wasn't really ready because I was all burnt out throwing bullpens every day and trying to please the pitching coach and do everything I could. Um, so I feel like now when I do like pitching lessons and um, stuff like that, I don't do a lot of them. But when I do, 
they always want to talk about mechanics and all this stuff. For me, it's I want to get your mindset right. You've got to have that bulldog mentality. However you throw, if it works for you, then it should be it's good enough. You know, if you have success, it all starts here as far as, you know, when you have success and you you have that, um, you know, that it factor almost where you don't believe you believe nobody's going to hit you and you could go out there and you're going to throw your pitch with conviction. Um, that's what, when I got to that point is where I really had success. And I didn't, I just kind of, you know, um, all that noise from pitching coaches kind of let it go in one ear out the other. Uh, but, but in a respectful way, obviously not, not telling them I know everything or anything like that. Um, but I knew that I could have success the way I pitched, even though it wasn't the, the normal quote unquote way of pitching, you know, I wouldn't teach any way or I wouldn't teach people the way I pitch for sure. Cause it's very unorthodox and weird. Uh, but I had success because I had that conviction. So it, it, it's it's hard. It, you know, you want to please everybody, but you also have to please yourself. And that's uh, that's the fine line of trying to figure out what you're doing. Absolutely. I love that mentality. But since we're on the topic of pitching, if you want to take us through sort of what was your repertoire? What was that go to pitch that you had the confidence of sort of this is my go to out bulldog type mentality throwing? Yeah, I mean, for me, I was a fastball, curveball, changeup guy. Uh, I didn't really stray away from that. Uh, my changeup was never good. Uh, it was just good enough. Uh, later in my career, it got a little bit better where I believed in it a little bit more. But I was really a fastball, uh, curveball guy, really. Um, I truly believe that no one can hit my fastball. Uh, I would throw fastballs in, in every count. Uh, I really believe that uh, it was my best pitch. Um, to the point where, yeah, I gave up a lot of, home, I gave up home runs, no doubt about it, but I, I would challenge guys, you know, I remember, you know, like Mike Kessman was an unbelievable hitter in AAA, uh, struck out a lot and I knew he hit fastballs, but I would just come right after him with fastballs because I knew that was my best pitch. Uh, my best out pitch curveball. Uh, I threw that a lot, obviously, but, uh, I really just believed that if I had that conviction of, of my pitch. I don't really care if you're a fastball hitter. I'm going to challenge you. And, and you know, like I said, it bit me in the butt a couple times, um, and more than a couple times. But, it, you know, I just really – I like to compete out there, and I still do that to this level, no matter if I play ping pong, uh, you know, underwater basket weaving, uh, any board game out there. I, I, I compete at the highest level, and uh, I really, you know, did that uh, to a T, and uh, I enjoyed it. I loved uh, strapping on the cleats and, and uh, competing. And, um, you know, that's the one thing I do uh, miss is the competing and just hanging out, hanging around with the guys. You know, obviously the game's great, but uh, you can't take that back, all the friendships you made and all that. Yeah, you mentioned it a little earlier up around hanging out with the guys. Like, what was it like just being in that locker room? You touched a little bit about it, like having like Verlander and Scherzer and Miguel Cabrera. Like, obviously, at first, you obviously feel starstruck. How does it go, like, being a couple games in, weeks in, where you're really adjusting, you're like, wow, I'm here having a beer with Justin Verlander, who a couple months ago, I was sitting probably around with my friend saying, this guy's one of the greatest pitchers of all time. What's kind of that feeling like in that relationship with guys who are, again, going to be Hall of Famers? <laughs> yeah, you know, my first time going up to the big leagues, you know, there were some guys <clears throat> that were, you know, Christian Guzman, you know, Ronnie Belliard, you know, Paula Duca was there. So that was cool. You know, there's a few guys, you know, mixed in, but we were kind of, I mean, Demetri Young, you know, that was great. Uh, and then it was, so that was like that uh, era. It was cool. And then, you know, we had a few guys come in. Pudge Rodriguez was great. Uh, you know, so obviously you get to see a couple more names that were cool. But once I went to Detroit, it was like, the whole clubhouse was just like, wow. And the way they ran, it was different. And, you know, we had, you know, you know, Detroit Tigers playing and it's just, it was so different. 
it was so like, and not, not, I wouldn't say that Nationals was not professional, it was, but that Detroit was like that next level. And all that, those stars, yeah, it's cool. It's like Verlander, and you're just kind of, yeah, you are starstruck at first, to be honest, because uh, you see these guys, you're like, these guys, you know, even though I got drafted the same draft as Verlander, um, it, it just obviously the success he had was was uncanny, and so yeah, and, and then you 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 kind of have to go back down to earth. They're just normal guys like everybody else, um, but yeah, you know, it's it's cool to see them and everything, and then you just become one of the guys with them. Um, you know, those guys were all great. Miguel Cabrera was one of the best teammates I had, to be honest. Uh, him and Prince Fielder, they were just great dudes and just normal. They made it normal. They made it fun, but they also were just like one of the guys, you know. And and in Texas, you know, I played with uh, Prince again, but Ian Kinsler and you had, uh, you know, it's just the list goes on and on. You know, you Darvish and you just see these guys. You're like, you're, you're amazed by how good they are um and just how how they hold themselves so you, you learn some things from there but yeah it's, it's just it's cool to, to to have those stories and and you can never take those away which is awesome i love it. and then one of those other stories you probably have that you never forget is that 2011 off season when all of a sudden you got the phone call was it from the gm was it from your agent and all of a sudden it was hey you've had a blast with the nationals you're headed to detroit now yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was, uh, I remember it, you know, like it was yesterday. It was, you know, cause you're, you're with the same team for eight years and, and you kind of just, you kind of know, obviously you're getting close. I was going to be a free agent the next year. Was I going to sign back or not? I had a great time with the nationals. It was awesome. It was all I knew. Uh, so it was awesome. But uh, yeah, we were getting Christmas tree and uh, a phone call uh, happens and uh, it was Dave Dombrowski. And he, he said, Hey, listen, uh, we traded for you. You're coming out to Detroit which my family or my wife's family side of the family was from Toledo, Ohio. So Detroit Tigers was the team. So telling her dad and everything that I got traded to the Tigers was awesome because they grew up watching the Tigers and having that English D on your chest. That was cool. Obviously um, it's one of the best logos in the game. Uh, and it was, it was cool. So just a new thing, got to meet all the guys at, at Winterfest that year. So that was a cool experience to be traded. Uh, makes you feel like you're wanted again. You know, somebody traded to give you a chance again, uh, gives you a new you know sense of, uh, of, uh, purpose and, and a little bit more energy. Uh, and it was good. It, it, it didn't really work out. Um, I was there for the first uh, couple months until June and then went to trip boy and I did well in trip boy, just didn't get back up, but, uh, they ended up going to the World Series that year. That would have been cool to uh, at least be in the dugout and, and kind of experience it. I wasn't able to, but you know, at the end of the day, it was a it was a great experience to be able to get traded to the Tigers, and I'll never forget. Uh, they're still a great organization. Uh, we live in uh, Toledo, Ohio now, so they still give me tickets whenever I want them, and I, I could go to Toledo games all the time. So it's it's still a fun experience being a part of it. Yeah, it's awesome. What's in your opinion? What was kind of the difference from? Obviously, you talked a little bit about how the Nationals weren't really as good when you were a part of them. They were didn't have as much like talent as like the Tigers. What was kind of the difference that you saw in terms of like a winning culture and a team that like was had World Series aspirations and a team that was more in like a rebuild kind of state? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I mean, it was like it was different because it was new guys all the time. It was every year was different people coming in and out. Uh, They're always looking to get new players. Um, so you never really felt like even though we young guys were, were going to be there at some point. But once you didn't have any, you know, if you didn't have a lot of success, it was like you were kind of in and out. Uh, and I was up and down a lot. And, and a lot of it was my success in, in the big leagues just wasn't there at that time. So I don't blame you know any situation for them to you know put me up and down. 
Um, so I wish I would have had a little bit more success. So that's part of it. But just the way, you know, just the, the I don't know. There's a lot of guys in that, you know, we, I remember on the airplane one, one time, I mean, the, the airplane rides were different. I mean, we had a, we had a, a full on food fight on the airplane one, one time. And I'm just like, you're just sitting there as a young guy, like what in the heck's going on here? Um, and then you go to Detroit where it's like, everyone's got their seat. Everyone's quiet. Everyone's chilling. Everyone, you know, uh, the professionalism was just, it was, was there. And that, it wasn't always like that with the nationals later on. Um, you know, that was early. And then later on, obviously we got some guys and you got Ryan Zimmerman and those guys that kind of, you know, Jason worth, those guys really kind of set the, set the tone, but they came not Zimmerman, but worth came from a winning environment in, in Philly. And he really, you know, held himself in a, in a good way. And he was a good guy to kind of build off of as well. So I don't, and I'm not trashing him. It's just, you know, it was a different experience being with, uh, with Detroit, no doubt. Uh, and, and you don't know that until you see both sides. And I'm sure one of those other different experiences that you had in your career, you mentioned you went overseas. And I think one of the things about baseball is that People always see oh, Shohei Otani came to the U.S. or Yamamoto came to the U.S. and how they deal with the situation. But no one really looks at the other side when a U.S. player goes overseas and goes to Japan or Korea. So what was that experience like? And maybe for our listeners who don't know, is it the same thing that you have like an English translator? Are you with the team? Are there differences and all the sort of nitty gritty of being an American player in a foreign country? Yeah. Um, so that was a great experience as well. And that was me. Um in, when I was in Louisville uh, with the Reds, I had, you know, I was pitching pretty well. And I, we had these uh, Korean scouts coming and I kind of reached out to him and just kind of sold myself to him. You know, my agent wasn't involved. I kind of set that whole situation up, selling myself, showing them that I could do this and, and all that. Um, and then when I got over there, I, yeah, it's a, it's a totally different world. No doubt about it. Um, the culture is totally different. Uh, the baseball is the same. I mean, the baseball is great. They're, they're very good hitters. Um, they don't strike out a lot. Uh, they're, you know, and, and it's a little bit different than Japan where it's not like slap hitters. They got a lot of power. Um, they hit the ball far. They, they pimp home runs, which is just culture, flip bat flips and all that. Uh, but yeah, you get, you get a translator. Um, I was in with Samsung lions in uh, Tegu, uh, uh, Korea, which was more rural farmland, not a lot of English, like no English at all. Uh, so yeah, so it's, it's different. Every, all like the ovens and the microwaves and the dishwashers and the washing machines are all uh, in um, Korean. Um, so it's all different. It, you can't, you know, so our guy was like 18 years old, a kid, and he spoke English and Korean, obviously, but he was so young that he didn't know, you know, really anything about life at that point, you know? So <laughs> It was tough. It was tough. My wife was there. She was pregnant. We had two kids. Uh, so it was a tough, it was tough for her. Um, I don't know, if it, you know, just, just that uh, the Asian culture of like the, the um, like uh, grocery stores or like, there's just like raw fish and that smell. And it, it's uh, so her, it was tough uh, for me here. I got to go to the field and all that great teammates, good people. I got to play with like the home run King there, the, like the, the Korean home run King, which was awesome. Um, I had a great time. I just didn't have success. Uh, another going back to where I said I was coachable and I wanted to listen to everything. They have an idea of how they want uh, you know people to throw and they tried to change it. Um, and I just was not able to ever feel comfortable. And I ended up hurting my elbow because they, you know, they're real into like lead with your elbow and out. And I tried and I just couldn't do it. And then I couldn't get back to where I was because I didn't have like, 
that same, you know, coaching um, aspect that I could have had here. Um, but, you know, I wish I would have had success and been able to do that for a while because it was cool. It was a cool experience. The fans are unbelievable. Um, and, and the guaranteed money, which was awesome. First time in my career where I got some guaranteed money. I thought that would be like, okay, everything will just no pressure. But there was that other aspect of, of um, you know, obviously, you know, trying to please everybody. And then I had to live up to this expectation that they gave me of this money. Hey, this foreign guy better do well or else, you know what I mean? And, and I put that pressure on myself where I'm letting people down where I should be one of the best and I wasn't. Um, and so, but that experience was great. Um, I, you know, I wish, like I said, I wish I would have had a little bit more success or some success. I didn't really have any success at all, but um, it was a good experience to, to, to put on the you know, your little notch on the belt. Yeah, I mean, obviously, any anytime you get to go somewhere like Korea, I'm sure it was an amazing experience. One also amazing experience is kind of actually how we found you, like when we got interested. You touched a little bit for the Savannah Bananas. We saw that you had a little born in the USA. Outro, we kind of saw on your social media. What was that experience like? That was that was awesome. I mean, that was cool too. I I got to uh, so. People that have played with me and know me and have been teammates with me know, you know, what kind of guy I am in the clubhouse. Uh, I'm always the goofy guy, the fun guy, the, you know, air guitars, pumping up the team, that kind of thing. That's the one thing I was useful for in the big leagues and in minor leagues. I did have a lot of fun. Uh, but obviously, when I got in the field, I was it was all business. But uh, in the you know, I was always the guy that kind of had fun and loose and 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 um, and I kind of rile up the troops. Uh, so when I went to we went to a, uh, a a work convention thing for the MLB uh, in Arizona, and they had these signups for the Savannah Bananas. I heard about them obviously, but I didn't know much about it. Um, and I said, "Yeah, I'll do it. Four games, awesome. That'll be sweet. Get to play against them for four games or three games." Um, and um, so, yeah, I, I was like, "Yeah, oh, that's this is right up my alley. They dance, they have fun." Um, so then I did that. You know, we did that, and then they asked me to play with them one time, and they, they had that skit for me and everything. I just I don't have a lot of um, uh, not I don't have any pride, but I, I I'm not embarrassed about things, so I like to have fun. So they asked me to do it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Um, I think I would fit in well if I wasn't so old uh, to be of Savannah. Uh, I don't know if my body could handle that, uh, but it's just fun. It, it's a great experience. It's unbelievable if you haven't seen it. Um, I would say see it in Savannah. That's the best place on earth to see it. Uh, they just do a great job. Um, you know, Gillum and all those guys uh, are doing a great job. Um, and they just, they, they're, it's, it's, a. You know, Jesse's done an unbelievable job of what he does. It's it's not anything you've ever seen, and um, it's something that everyone should see. It's it's very cool, and the baseball is good. I mean, there's good players that play. Uh, you know, they make plays, and, and they make trick plays, and it's crazy. So your head's on a swivel. You're like, man, what is going on? It's something new every single time. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a mental overload at first because you're like, there's you can't miss it. If you blink, you miss a, you know, miss a <laughs> – Ever. So it was fun. Um, hopefully I could do some some more with it. Uh, you know, obviously this year we're not doing it with MLB, which is kind of upsetting a little bit because it was fun. I enjoy it. Um, it's like that kid at heart, you know, having fun again. Uh, it, it is really just uh, fun baseball and it's fun to watch. Absolutely, because I know we had a couple of their coaches on. Yeah, Nico, we're sort of we had their coach on. Their big stress was we're not just the Globetrotters. This is like competitive Real baseball, you never know. There's going to be a line drive hit at the shortstop. And yeah, he might do fielding between his legs, but that's an insanely difficult play to make. And it's definitely fun to see how they've been growing of late. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, yeah. It's not just uh, the Globe Trotters can be more. They could set that skit up and uh, and and you know mess around, but baseball, as you guys know, baseball is hard to uh, you know you got to hit the ball. You don't know where it's going to go. You know what I mean? And and these guys are they're good players. They're all good guys too. It's cool to be around them. Um, obviously, they're all younger and stuff, which is fun to be around younger. You know, the the younger generation that's uh, up and coming, and you know they, they've all played college ball. Some played pro ball. You know, uh, Skull he was the number five pick overall. You know, the place for the party animals. It's just a fun. It's a fun uh, fun deal, and they're not just having fun. They actually compete against each other, and it, it's it gets intense, man. They want they both want to win, so you never know who's going to win, and and it's fun to watch, and and uh, I enjoy watching them. Yeah, speaking of like the young guys and like again watching like now being almost someone on the outside having your experience of professional baseball compared to when you were playing, what do you think is like different about the game? Like things that you like, things that maybe you don't like in terms of over like the last decade that like because I feel like now we've seen a lot of change since maybe the 2010s. Yeah, I mean, the obviously the pitch clock and all that stuff that wouldn't affect me as much. I, mean, I was a fast, you know, fast pit, pitcher and I, I kind of got the ball out quick and everything was good. But the, the difference is, um, you know, at first I was like, no, 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 that's terrible. You know, baseball was so great because there's no time. Uh, you could do whatever you want to do. Everything is, you don't know what's going to happen. Games could go 20 innings. I mean, my biggest memories growing up as an Angel fan going to games um, you know, and, and when it goes extras, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock and you're there, it's 15th inning, 20th, you just never know. You're on the seat, you know, you're on the edge of your seat. Uh, that's all gone, which is kind of like upsetting a little bit. Um, but I mean, as far as that last year, uh, you know, obviously being an angel fan, watching Otani for the last couple of years, which has been awesome. Um, but, um, it's just it's a different game now, but I was watching a little bit more intent intently, and it was the games were quicker. It was it was a little bit more like okay, the games are done quicker. Uh, you're not you're not up as late, uh, that kind of thing. But the baseball hasn't changed. I think um, you know when I was when I was coming up, it was like if you walk guys, like your career is gonna be real short if you're gonna be a, a guy that walks guys. Nowadays, it's a little bit less uh, of a, of an issue. You know, they want strikeouts. They don't really care about walks. Certain things have changed. Guys are swinging for the fences every single pitch, which is a little bit crazy. And then the other thing I see is every single guy throws off-speed pitches every pitch, which is crazy. Obviously, as you heard before, that wouldn't have been my forte to throw off-speed pitches all the time. Um, uh, so that's a little bit different. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know how I would uh, uh, like it as far as if I was coming up because I don't know how well I would have been able to, to adapt to it. Um, but the baseball's still good. Um, and, and less chances nowadays, I feel like there's not as many draft picks. Uh, they're not, you know, they're minusing a lot of the minor leagues, and uh, you know, you got to be good right away. Uh, I think high school draft picks are going to be very, very slim nowadays, and I think they have been already because I think they want guys that are ready to play in the big leagues right away. Uh, so less opportunity now for sure which is crazy and not as long of a leash you know you got to you got to do well right away and does that put more pressure on people probably and uh does pressure always bring out the best no so i think opportunity will 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 uh, diminish a little bit and people will won't get as much opportunity uh but you'll be, still have a good product on the field in the big leagues yeah i definitely agree with that college baseball point cuz i think the angels like you said you're a fan of a perfect example i think the last three two years i think they've had like five guys debut from their drafts like i think this year they had 
Um, two guys debut from the draft last year. They had they had another two like just that quick. Okay, if you give results, you're a college guy. You're mature. I think like our teams are starting to put like preference preference on that instead of okay, we're gonna take five years for this 18 year old kid to develop into an adult and really get adjusted to pro law. Now it's like okay, we're gonna throw you into double A. You produce. Let's go. Let's get you to the bigs. Yeah, and and there's something to it uh, if it works. If it doesn't work, though, it's like, you know, because pro ball, I didn't play college ball, so I don't know, you know, but I, I know that it, pro ball is totally different and it's a grind. There's a lot more to it than just go out there and play baseball. You know, there's a lot of other stuff you got to deal with, you know, obviously travel. And now that they changed that as well, you know, you're playing, you know, five days, you're playing Mondays are off every single Monday, which is awesome. We didn't have that. I mean, we, I played seasons where we had four off days the whole season. Um, nowadays, they're getting every Monday off. They play the same series Tuesday through Sunday. So you're at the same place. All I mean, it's a lot easier now. Uh, easier, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, but you know where you're going to be. It's not like you play a two-game series and you're traveling on a bus. I mean, I was taking 14-hour bus rides. They don't do that anymore, which – so, yeah, I mean, but but I'm not, you know, I'm not that kind of guy that's, oh, my gosh, how much easier nowadays. No, you know, <laughs> things, kind of, things go on. You know, I, that's the way it goes. And, and um uh, it's just different, and and doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it's different. Uh, I would have loved to do that, not have to, you know, take trips. Know you're going to be somewhere for a for a whole week, which is awesome. Uh, could that mean problems? You know, when you have rivalries and you're playing the team for for six days, you know, there's a lot more uh, room for problems um, to happen as far as you know, uh, you know, disrespect and fights and whatever. I don't know if that's the case anymore, but. I mean, that's how it was back in the day when it was like, hey, disrespect and, you know, something happens now. You know, I don't know. It's more I've heard that it's not as much of a team aspect. Uh, guys kind of do their own thing. And that's where I miss, you know, playing cards with the guys, you know, or having some beers with the guys. Like you said, that's that kind of has been gone I, is what I've heard. Um, it, it's kind of gone. It's like kind of like everyone's every man for themselves and and that kind of thing. And that's that's kind of disappointing because that was my favorite part of the whole game. I love it. Absolutely. So to wrap things up here, we have three pretty rapid fire questions to throw at you sort of fun baseball if you're game for them. Yeah, I'm done. All right. The first one is your toughest hitter that you ever faced in the big leagues. Man, um, it's crazy because the oh, man, I can name guys that probably no one even heard of. Uh, <laughs> I would say the I mean, I faced Miguel Cabrera, got him out. Uh, let's see, Ichiro. Um, <laughs> Ichiro, let's see, who else? I mean, uh, Pujols, those were tough. Ichiro was tough. I mean, I couldn't get that guy out to save my life. Um, uh, but I would say my, my – I would say Pujols probably just because it was like when he was really good. Uh, that was a cool one. But my favorite my favorite one of all time was Garrett Anderson. Uh, I grew up loving Garrett Anderson. He was a great player. I got to face him. That was cool. Um, and uh, I would say that was my coolest. But I would say Pujols was probably my toughest. Ichiro seems to me like if you faced him, not only is he a tough at bat, but he's also like just an annoying at bat. Like he seems like no matter where you put it, like he reminds me, well, Luis Arias reminds me of Ichiro, not the other way around. <laughs> Ichiro's the guy. Like I feel like whenever I would watch Luis Arias play, that like you could put a ball anywhere and he could just lace it for a single. And like that's yeah. exactly what Ichiro reminds me of. Like you could put the ball anywhere and it could be like a perfect pitch and he'll just hit a liner for a single. And you're just like, that's exactly the pitch. Facing guys like, uh, I mean, well, Mike Stanton, I always say Mike Stanton, that's not his name anymore. But uh, Mike, when I faced Mike Stanton or like uh, uh, Manny Ramirez, Gary Sheffield, 
those kind of guys, I felt like they were literally going to hit the ball through my forehead when I when I hit when I threw a pitch. Like they, the way they they swing down on the ball, it just you just are, you're kind of like, oh my gosh. I mean, Manny hit a ball right over my head. I felt like it was going to hit me in the head, and it went off the center field wall. Those guys are there's something to it. The hard guys the, the face are like the Pujol or uh, um, uh, Ichiro, the uh, Placido Polanco. Those guys. They're not trying to do anything but get a hit, and they'll foul off every single pitch. You just want to try to just hopefully they pop it up the first pitch and you're done. Uh, but those aren't the guys that are like power threats. Those are the guys that are the most annoying to face because they get on base all the time. So those guys were tough. I, I didn't mind facing like super power hitters because if they hit a home run, okay, they're supposed to. If you strike them out, that's their next, you know, you know they, they're either going to strike out or hit a home run. Like Ryan Howard, I loved facing him because it was like literally he was a good hitter, but you could strike him out. Uh, but and he could hit a home run, so it's like okay, like, you know, if he if I give up a home run to him, ever, yeah, absolutely. No, uh, next one we got my favorite question to ask every single interview. What was your walk up song? Oh gosh, um, <laughs> he's um, I was expecting I, like a super in depth question. <laughs> I was the worst walk up song, like man, like uh, I change it all the time. I would say my favorite one was probably I had the Call of Duty, you know, uh, I had the Call of Duty one, like. Boom, boom. You know, I did that, I, but I was terrible at picking uh, walk-up songs. To be honest, I was awful at it. But um, you know, there's so many guys there; they probably have great answers for that. But I'm, I was awful at picking them. <laughs> I love it. And then the third question we have for you: If you want to continue the tradition, we ask our guests if they'd like to nominate a teammate or someone else from your baseball journey that you think would be a cool next guy to have on. Um, geez, there's so many good ones. Um, I would say, geez. Man, put that's that on the spot. Um, let's see who would be good. Um, jeez, put me on the spot. <laughs> um, man, shoot. Um, I mean, jeez, I don't know. <laughs> um, let's see here. Here, I'll have to get back to you on that one. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, we can I'll take try, the range, I mean, Jack. <laughs> Yeah, take the rain check because I don't want to just throw out something. I would say, I mean, there's so many good ones, but I want to see something that's not like some guy just sitting here like answering questions like a, a dull uh, person. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? No, we like it. Absolutely. But we really appreciate you hopping on the podcast with us today. Had a blast hearing all about your baseball journey from pitching to the majors to Korea, as well as the Savannah Bananas. But this has been a blast getting to talk to you today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get your guys' follow and I'll follow you guys to see what see what else you guys can come up with. Help you any way you can. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So for Dylan Campione, Nico Fernandez, and Colin Ballister, until the next time, the side is retired.